and welcome everybody to the internal podcast. Build internal podcast. That's us. Yeah. Uh, we're excited to be back with everybody once again. Mm-hmm. Our weekly pilgrimage. Uh, I was going to try to think something, <laughs> <laughs> something clever. Man, our weekly pilgrimage maybe. into, uh, you know, whatever we talk about. Uh-huh. A journey into the inner workings of Buildwood mm-hmm. by Aaron and Alex. Yep. Welcome, uh, everybody. Welcome, everybody. And we're joined by uh, Harrison, who starts on Monday. Woo! Oh, yes. Our uh, podcast intern. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that works. Audio Ninja. Audio Ninja. That works. Yeah. Going to make me... Going to make it look like, oh, Alex didn't totally know what he was doing <clears throat> from an audio perspective. I, I'm very pumped for. I, I only have one um, request, and that is just more sound effects. True. I've done a couple. Right. Can I, or can I have a sound effect button? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that, what is this, like no, 80s would... radio? Like, no, my That's all I want. I just want DJ horn sound effect. Just give me one bucket or one button. It's, I mean, it's not that far off. It's very doable. I've added like um it's very doable, but it would not make this any no, any better. more enjoyable. It's it not to. better. <laughs> I've definitely added like the uh SpongeBob like two hours later yeah. to stuff. Like to me, that's kind of fun. Sound effects go a long way if they're um in an intelligent manner. Sometimes people I was on this one podcast and they just kept shoving them in there and it was really Really was off-putting to me. It kind of becomes like one of their things. The yeah. Sound effects. Yeah. Don't don't spin as much over there. You're distracting. <laughs> no, you're fine. They're, I have to tell every single guest we have. They're just like they're Whoa. they're sitting there just like this, and I'm like, hey, hey stop, stop. Yeah. I I know you're I know you're nervous. I know you're on a podcast, but like, hey, let's all just sure. let's all just calm down. No, the, the seats are real smooth though. It just, I can I can get why you'd want to. Oh oh, it's it's extremely tempting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, well, there's uh, there's a lot going on right now as as we record this. As I am speaking at this moment, there's a group in uh, field training exercise mm-hmm. with Echelon Front in downtown Nashville. Is there anybody from our crew who's doing it? Claire and Benjamin are because we had a few abruptly wash out. Oh, that's right, that's right. So that's right. they were just love that. I'm there. glad, I'm glad oh, Claire's hey, do it too. Let's do that's it. cool. Yeah, Claire's the only girl. Um. But I don't. I don't see her having any trouble. I. She's not one I worry about in mm-hmm. a setting like that. She's just probably getting after it and kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole bit will be. Why is Claire so good at laser tag? Like I don't know. It's hard I, to say. Hey. Um. So I. I saw the first run this morning, and it's. Uh. It's. It's a just a really cool event. It's so unique what they do and the lessons they glean from it. Mm-hmm. The the first run is fantastic. I'm hoping to go to the last run, but the first run's fantastic because it's it's just pandemonium, man. Like they shot so many civilians on the first run. You know, some guy will run up to him. I just saw some guy runs up runs up to him and he just shoots him and he just drops dead. And you're sitting there, you just shot that guy. He didn't have a gun or anything. You just shot him. Like <laughs> he just <laughs> he didn't really shoot him because it's laser tag, but uh, it's amazing to watch people under pressure because it's you get a whole different set of reactions. Well, they they really set it up to where like it it does get your your like juices pumping from like a oh yeah you walk in there because they don't I I only knew what to expect on this first run because I'd seen the entire thing from A to Z before yeah but you can tell the the anxiety of all of these guys it's 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 like hanging in the air you can almost reach out and grab it everybody's very much on edge. 
because mm-hmm. they don't they don't tell you what it's going to be like. There's no real videos or anything like that. So you've there, there's you, you haven't seen what it looks like inside this arena, this warehouse. Yeah, and it's dimly lit, and they're playing uh, metal or rock music real loud. <laughs> and then you get in there, and people are already starting to yell at you. Like one of these guys is already down on the floor yelling, like "You shot me!" <laughs> and they're just screaming at these guys or running around with their phone, like in their in their faces, like, I got you on video. Like, I get, you're going to be sorry. Like they're yelling at these guys. And it's just like, they have this plan. They go in there. The plan goes right out the window in the first 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then it's just chaos. It, knowing how it's, how like the whole day goes ever after having like seen the whole thing last time. Is it pretty comical to you to like, to see that first, that first run where it's just like all these people who are, used to being leaders, used to knowing how things go, used to kind of being in control, going into this space where it's like, shoot, I'm lost. Like, I cannot yeah, keep up. It's it's very humbling for them, especially, mm-hmm. and to just watch, because these are all people that, yeah, they're, they're used to calling the shots. They make the big decisions. Some of these people are running some big-ass companies, big-ass companies. Yeah. Uh, and they're thrown into this situation that's completely unfamiliar, and that they're bad at, and they're not bad at a lot of things at this point in life. Um, so it's really, you can just tell they, they come in a little hot and heavy trying to, you know, I want to, I want to prove I'm good at this. And then they get leveled pretty quick. And there's this pretty intense sense of humility that's, and these are, these aren't arrogant people. They're, they're contractors. So sure there's big egos, but contractors overall, dirt world people, there's a humility to this world that I don't, find in a lot of other places Mm -hmm. because the work beats you down and you can't be an arrogant asshole to make it all that far. Um, so they're not, they're not egomaniacs to begin with, but you can, you can watch the humility get instilled with them and into them in real time. Mm -hmm. So, and it's like, it takes just that first run and then there's a whole different, the room, it, it, it takes, it takes maybe seven minutes. They go into the arena, they get their asses kicked they come back into the room to debrief. Totally different vibe. <laughs> like, yeah, probably getting like pumped up. Like, this is fun. This is yeah. going to be cool, guys. Yeah, but yeah. but it's not like they're not literally getting their asses kicked. It's 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 all very structured. It's all very intentional. Yeah. And then the coolest thing, and I'm not there all day today, but I was there all day last time. You get to see this group get built up and become more effective and learn on the fly. And the last, uh, the last exercise they go through, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. So just in a one day period, how much you can do to change the behavior of an entire group is just remarkable. Remarkable. I mean, Dan was just texting me before I got on this podcast saying, we need to do more of this because the behavior change that I've seen today is is unbelievable. I, it's it's so, so effective. Is Dan just observing today? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so he went through it before. Yeah. And he died a few times before. He did. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. He was like stuck on the floor for like, you know, the whole time. I, t- I, I was sure to take a picture of him dead on the floor. <laughs> He's, I think he's posted on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, that's very professional. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, I got... So, uh, Jonathan was talking to, I think it's the group president of Caterpillar today. And he said he likes my title on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, see, there you go. You don't always have to be professional on LinkedIn to be liked by the professionals. You don't always have to be too professional on LinkedIn. <laughs> you have to be professional-ish. My chief dirt nerd title that I made up 
while probably sitting on the couch three and a half years ago. I don't even know. <laughs> I love that that, that branding's kind of now starting to come back for you. Yeah. I feel like you'd kind of, I don't want to say moved on from it, but it certainly wasn't maybe like, we didn't talk about Aaron as like the chief dirt nerd. No, and now no. now like, there's going to be some dirt nerdish kind of stuff with you, I feel like. I guess so. Yeah, whether I like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Because I, I did that with, there was no thought. There, there... It was kind know. of fun. Well, when there was three people at the company, it was like, yeah, he's chief dirt nerd. Yeah. And, and, and well, and I, I, you just scroll through LinkedIn and everybody's like, oh, I am executive vice president and MBA. And then the next guy, executive vice president and MBA <laughs> and XYZ123, whatever the hell there's fucking credentials are that don't mean anything. The alphabet soup. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all of these <laughs> letters mm-hmm. that don't actually mean anything. Yeah, it's like, what am I supposed but, to get out of yeah, this? Yeah. And it's like, Hey, and I, I don't, if you have an MBA next to your name, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It takes a lot of work to get an I'm MBA. Just, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I'm, Congrats. I'm, 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 I'm not, not smart enough to even do that. So, so good for you. Um, cause I know we have quite, quite a few people with MBAs on our team actually. Handful. I know yeah. Schmidtline has one, but his is, because he puts it on his name on LinkedIn. It's the only so, way you know these things. That fucking guy. <laughs> How dare he go he was, get He was actually the one education. I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, um, I just, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be more original, different. Yeah. Um, and that was the only thing was I didn't want to be, I was this kid, you know, I it just, I wanted to be, I needed to make myself stand out beyond just my title. And, and then, I don't even like using the, like, I don't like the founder title at all. I, I'm like, I want to stay as far away from founders I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, CEO, like, I don't like all those titles. I like something just more playful and simple. Well, I think some of those titles are really valuable, maybe internally, just like knowing, you know, yeah. obviously yeah. up until now, it's been pretty clear that like, yeah, Aaron's started the build with thing, like obviously, but eventually that's like not as obvious. Yeah, and so having sort of it's like yeah, well, Aaron's founder and CEO. Like that's think technically true. We're starting to get to the point where I could probably convince someone who's coming onto our business that my dad started it. Hundred percent. Would you believe that, Harrison? If he said my dad started this, my company. dad's company. It, it people like you say that, and it's like yeah, that checks out. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I get it now. You're like, yeah. I'm just, I, man, well, it's I'm, like, I'm just here. You know, I couldn't get a job after college, so my dad hired me. <laughs> yeah, he started a company for you that you can run. Here, here buddy. Uh, <laughs> well, Don't tell him that either, man. Come on. I think we'll, we'll start uh, um, Shauna, Matt, Biddle in your interviews, if you guys wouldn't mind just saying my dad started it. So we can get that get that <laughs> misconception going. That'd be, that'd be super cool. Uh, Earlier on when you had... Getting the company off the ground, trying to figure out like what build buildwit is other than an, an account where you posted stuff. Mm. Um, was there ever a point where like that was like a sensitive topic for you? No, I uh, so I used to be insecure about the whole uh, growing up wealthy thing, sure, um, because that's a very quick, uh, quick thing people use against you. Like, oh, oh, you. <laughs> Oh, I know where in, you're from. Like I was joking with, it was uh, Ben with BPG out here last night. And he was like, uh, I, I, I mentioned something. He's like, I know where you grew up. You grew up in Paradise Valley. 
And no, no one knows Paradise Valley, but if you're in Arizona, which he is, his company's yeah. out of Phoenix, people people get it. Um, and so I used to be pretty insecure about that. And and honestly, I used to be insecure about it because I went into construction and like I had a newer Toyota Camry, maybe like a four-year-old and we bought it used. So it wasn't a brand new car when I got it, my 16th birthday, but mm -hmm. I got a car and it was a Toyota Camry, sure. silver, nothing special, base model, bought it used from the Toyota dealership. I didn't buy it. My dad bought it. Full transparency. I didn't buy my first car. Sure. But I worked. I worked since I was 14 years you old. Did. Full time, almost. Um, I would drive up to the job site in like a newer car and I would get shit for it. And then I'd be, and I've talked about this a little bit recently, and I'd be, you know, in the ditch of the shovel working my ass off uh, beside everybody else was, was these Mexican guys. Most of them had immigrated to the United States. Most of them weren't born in the United States, but they came to the United States for the greater opportunity. Most of their kids were born in the United States. Yeah. Most of their kids were going off to college, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, they would give me shit for having a newer car. And then I'd be getting in the car and driving... 10 minutes north into Paradise Valley, you know, to go stay at my house, my dad's house. Um, so I just didn't, I, I, I would always shy away from that because I didn't want people using that against me. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, yes, I was teed up really well and I'm not shy about saying I was teed up really well. I was dealt a really fucking good hand, like sure. just unbelievably good hand. But then it came, got to a point where I graduated and then I was like firmly kicked out of the nest. Like, if you want it, you go get it. There is nothing else here for you. And then it's like, okay, I have to go take this hand and actually make something of it. Do something. Which is what I've been doing. But now I talk a lot about that story because I'm a fantastic example of someone who has no business being in the dirt world. And yet I'm here anyway. I should be a lawyer, a doctor, a businessman. And I say that somewhat to be funny. Yeah. Technically, I am a businessman. But I mean like JP Morgan or some bullshit like that. Yeah. A businessman uh, wearing a suit every day, doing the business like my dad did. Mm -hmm. But I'm here with, you know, hanging out at like loving landfills and uh, going to coal mines and hanging out with loggers in South Carolina. And I freaking love it. Yeah. And that's what we need to do bigger picture to inspire the next generation. We need to go beyond the people whose dad was a contractor and whose uncle was a contractor and grandpa was a contractor because that's a dwindling resource. We need to go beyond and find the people who have no business being in the dirt world and draw them into the dirt world. I'm a good example of that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I now I've overcome my my just terrible burden. My my how dare terrible insecurity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you carry it. You carry it really well. So I'm really I'm really proud of you as a friend. Yeah. I I I really hope like if. If you could give me your empathy, your 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 thoughts and regards. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. If, hey, if you can, if you guys can work hard, you can overcome anything in your life. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so dumb. Mr. I mean, it's funny, but that's so dumb. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. Oh man, um, don't we have? Isn't one of the rooms here like? Thanks, Dad, or something like that. Yeah, thanks, mom and dad. Thanks, it, mom and dad. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a, what it's it is. a it's a full on acknowledgement of I was teed up really, really good as far as the people I was surrounded by growing up, the lessons I was able to learn, the 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 fact that they didn't push me into any one career. My dad, the lawyer, was not saying you need to be a lawyer too. There was none of that. 
There wasn't, you need to go to this college. I went to Arizona State. You know, I did, I was able to make my own decisions. Yeah. They, they let me dig up the backyard at every house we had. <laughs> and so it'd be this nice house with this big ass mud hole in the back. You know, everything else was beautiful and manicured. And then I'd have my, my big old mud hole and they had no jurisdiction there. That was my world, man. Um, so they teed me up really, really nicely for, for where I'm at. Sure. So it's like, I kind of just took the ball and then just started running with it myself, but there was a lot of momentum already there. It's not like I had a cold start. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I think that certainly answers, I don't want to say maybe it doesn't answer the question, but um, there, I think there certainly were like some misconceptions about like the birth of this whole thing that is a lot of people still don't really know. Like, I think we're starting to escape the whole kid with a camera thing. Oh, we're getting there. Yeah. Well, and and to go back to your previous point, yeah, a a lot of people have said like, oh, wow. Oh, so your dad does pay for everything. And I I tell them like, dude, I wish he paid for everything. According to what? That'd be sick. Like (laughs) the first three and a half years of business would have been a hell of a lot easier if I had someone paying us, Mm -hmm. but no one was. And we had to make it up. You want to see my pay stuff? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And if if you don't believe me, go to, you know, talk to Dan about it. He was there too. Um, But then that, uh, I I wouldn't change that for anything because that made us so much more resourceful. And uh, it it just, it just taught us so many good lessons in those early days that we would not have learned if someone was bankrolling it. And when Randy did bring in that first influx of outside capital, that was a that was a big deal for us because we had created a business for three years that had none of that. We didn't have a bank behind us day one. We didn't have a bank behind us after two years. You know, it, I didn't have more than a twelve thousand dollar line of credit for two and a half years, three years. Well, I remember. I mean, in that first year, there was like just like conversations about you know you're you weren't able to get. More and that was like our business line of credit at the time. That was a business. That's all we had a business line, and there was no business loan. Yeah, there was American Express that we had to pay off every month, so we got to carry it thirty days. We had thirty days afloat there, on our um, uh, I don't know what is. Aaron has a fancy financial term for what we can put on the credit card versus payroll. Yeah, but that wasn't even a majority of the business expenses what we were putting on the damn credit card, and then the credit card had a limit on it that they wouldn't budge, even mm-hmm. though I had many months of paying it off with no problem at all. Um, but all of that has taught us a lot um, and, and got us to where we are today so that now we can, I think, take on this next series of investment in a, a more responsible, intelligent, thoughtful manner than if we had it from from day one. A lot of stuff's happened since then. Yeah. Harrison said that he is like the 78th employee when he starts. Which means we've hired like at least 70 people since I started, which that kind of blows my mind, breaks my brain a little bit. You got to get a, a shirt that says, what is it, number eight? If I'm, I if I'm doing the I'm, math right. I think I'm nine, but in terms of who's eight. here right now, I'm seven. Because mm. I think I, in terms of tenure, I'm after Jack and Jack is six. Yeah, Jack came on. Jack's been around a while. Jack, 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 Jack was the first non- The Briscoes have been around for a while, man. True. Let me tell you. The lifeblood. Yeah. Build it. And Matt, like Matt subtly flexes on, so how long have you been at Buildwood? Well, technically a year, but it's like when I was, I was editing sophomore Aaron's in high school. photos before he started. Like <laughs> yeah. he flexes on everybody. Kind of mm. like, ah, I was here before Aaron. Well, I mean, he legit was 16. He might've been 17. But yeah. Yeah. I was paying for his Xbox Live subscription, yeah. essentially. 
<laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, build it internal podcast. I have two questions. Can you believe it? Well, we did uh, threaten everybody. Sure, I brought it up and said, please. On the last time. Please. Well, and I, I, I threatened them too. And I said, if we come on here one more time and have no questions, there's going to be a problem. Because there's 78 damn people here. And if we can't get a single damn question, is everybody too busy working, doing their jobs? Oh, sorry. I was busy doing my job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, build an internal podcast. Question. For Mr. Aaron Somero, A2. Um, he said, the Fed government passed a big infrastructure bill at the end of last year for extra spending on roads, bridges, utilities in the years ahead. I imagine this is good for our part this is good news for our partners. More work available. Is there any way BuildWit should look into this look into this infrastructure bill and help the construction companies we work with get a good piece of the action? Um so this is really complicated stuff. Mm -hmm. And it sounds, so I've learned over the past few years that what they say on the news and what the government says isn't always spot on. Sure. Or isn't fully aligned. <laughs> or, or yeah, isn't, uh, isn't totally truthful a lot of times. Fair. So this whole infrastructure thing was used as this, it, like, uh, it's it's they made it seem like they're building a new interstate system or it's like the new the the next new deal um but it's it's reality is most money in an infrastructure bill doesn't actually go to infrastructure so if you look through the bill most of that money doesn't go to infrastructure mm -hmm. this isn't money that is just oh wow we it was a trillion dollar bill or whatever so now there's just a trillion dollars injected into the economy, right? It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Even if you have to, if, if, okay, great. We have a new, you know, a multi-billion dollar budget here at this state. It's not that projects just happen tomorrow. It's sometimes these projects get caught up in litigation for 20 years before they can happen. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's incredibly difficult to build anything in the United States. And so even say, you know, there's still hundreds of billions of dollars going to quote unquote infrastructure and that's all infrastructure. So that's, you know, there's cell towers in there and there's wastewater treatment and there's all, it's not just roads and bridges. So roads and bridges, if you look up the American Society of Civil Engineers, it would take this entire bill of just, of, of dollars, if you had all of it to allocate, put it just into roads and bridges, we still wouldn't even be to a quote unquote passing grade. Jeez. So it sounds really cool. And it's great. Okay, great. We have more money for infrastructure. That's fantastic. But it's not even getting the United States up to an even close to passing level. I mean, it's 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 like doing the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like your employer saying, "Yeah, hey everybody, we're giving everybody a 7% raise this year." And you're like, "Holy shit." And and I I I am a very generous employer because I'm giving you 7%, which is huge, which is huge. And then you pull up the, the infl inflation, latest inflation statistics, and inflation 7%. <laughs> and, like, oh, wait. So you got this 7% raise, you're feeling good. And, and then you just find out that, well, actually, my salary is, ex my buying power is exactly what it was. So I'm just back up to even. So even just to get us back up to even takes 
far more money than, than is being injected right now. Yeah. That money doesn't just go get spent tomorrow. It, it's very, um, it's very difficult to get a lot of these projects actually started in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then again, even if you did have all this money ready tomorrow, let's go build shit. Who's going to go do it? There's no capacity right now. Yeah. There's no capacity. So what do you do? I don't know. Right? Mm -hmm. what, do you, what the hell do you do? How are you going to go build all this stuff? There's already DOTs before this bill was passed that were not letting work, that were not even taking bids on projects that they have the funding for because they don't have the confidence it's actually going to get done. They don't know that anybody can come up and say, hey, we can do this work in the time that you're like asking for mm -hmm. and for the budget you're asking for. Yeah, they're afraid contractors are going to go bid it, but then they're not going to meet the schedule. Jeez. And that's multi-billion dollar projects before more billions were injected into the, into the infrastructure coffers. So if the economy... Big infrastructure? Big infrastructure. If the economy collapses, all of that residential construction will slow down. All of that commercial construction will slow down. This money will be nice to have because you still have federal money there to go put into infrastructure. And that's what happened in, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 was let's go put money into infrastructure because how does an economy function? It functions as it, it's a function of its infrastructure. Mm -hmm. It starts with the ability for goods and services to flow through a, a country. How yeah. do goods and services flow? It flows through infrastructure. And, and okay, great. Everything's on the internet now. The internet starts with infrastructure, physical infrastructure. It's the only fucking way it happens. Mm -hmm. So my fucking phone, I put it all the way over there. I'm still listening to a buzz. Um, that's why I, I just keep it outside the room. Yep. So um, I don't want to be a super big downer, but this whole infrastructure bill is... It's just not doing what it says it's going to do and what it maybe on, yeah, yeah, its, yeah. on its surface, you know, can sound really, really positive. I think it's, it's talked up and then, okay, great. We have all this money. It's fantastic. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm all for spending. I want to spend as much on infrastructure as we possibly can. That's fantastic. But the, the, the whole industry is already at capacity. So mm -hmm. it just makes a case for our business even more because it's like, well, this work needs to get done. How are we going to get it done? We don't have the workforce. Enter Buildwin. Yeah, we're already working on how do we work on the workforce piece. There you go. Yep. But I, I mean, especially going overseas has really helped, like seeing China and seeing the Middle East, seeing places like that. It's, it's eye-opening because these countries are serious about infrastructure. China, the infrastructure there, mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. Mind-boggling. And that's how they've done it. That's how they have record economic growth. That's how they pulled half a billion people out of poverty in overnight was infrastructure, spending trillions of dollars on infrastructure and some of the best infrastructure in the entire world. And us, you know, the Americans, we're very proud. We have something really good going here, but our infrastructure compared to these other nations sucks. And even going to Saudi Arabia, seeing what they're doing, the scale of the projects they're putting together and the, the, the seriousness in which they're investing in these futuristic cities is unbelievable unbelievably impressive mm -hmm. we're riding on the coattails of what previous generations did in this country and if we don't get serious about spending on infrastructure a hell of a lot more than this infrastructure bill which i think is largely a joke yeah 
we're going to get lapped, man. We are going to get absolutely clobbered because our infrastructure is nowhere near to where it should be. Agreed. I'm with you. So that's my infrastructure bill soapbox. Thanks for going in on that. TED Talk. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for uh, to A2, Aaron Samro, for sending in the question. We got a time for a second one. Let's just do it. So to answer his question, to help our partners capitalize upon future infrastructure spending, we need to go solve their people problem. Yep. How do we solve their people problem? We solve it through technology, through training, enterprise software, through the social app. We solve it through media, storytelling, training content, inspire, educate, entertain. We solve it through services. That's helping companies with their image. That's helping companies with the recruiting. That's helping companies operate their businesses more effectively overall. And we help them with eventually this other part of our business, which will be brick and mortar training, leadership training, that kind of thing. Yep. That's where that's what role we play here. So you're saying we're already doing what we can do Amazing. to try to help our, yeah. our people? Amazingly enough. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Thanks, Aaron Samro, for sending the question. We got one more question. Mr. Chell Gerber, OG here at BuildWit. He said on his podcast, he's the official number two on the uh, who, who started at BuildWit first. We'll see. He says, what is your favorite state to visit for work and non-work? It's giving you some softballs, Mr. Chell Gerber. So the whole non-work work thing is is not a thing. <laughs> Pretty blurry. Yeah. I don't think I've ever taken a trip that's not work and non-work. If I take a non-work trip, I work work into it because if I'm going somewhere, I want to go see dirt wherever that is as well. And it's uh, even, even if I'm not there to work, like I, I'm going That's to for pleasure. Yeah. Like my, I, I want to go with my family up to Alaska this summer. Of course, I'm going to be checking out some Alaskan construction operations. Well, I mean, are you kidding me? Come on. Why, why wouldn't I, I would just go there to look at, some bears and trees and shit. No, I want to go see some excavators too. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite state though. I don't think I have one. I like Montana. I was going to say Montana. I feel I like, like probably up there for you. Montana, Arizona, South Carolina, um, Washington, Oregon. Those are all pretty good places Colorado. to go. I like them all. Well said. Yeah. Well said without having to take a stand. That's Aaron. Yeah, I do, I do, I see All too gray many, area, this guy. I just, I see too many places to have a favorite, a favorite place. At this place. point. Yeah. It, there's like just, something awesome everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's how I try to approach travel too. Even though we go to some places that are just terrible, like Ohio. See what I did Rude. There? Yeah, I know. I hear, I hear you. Um, Loud and clear. Home state. <laughs> <laughs> I try to find, you know, good things to do there, nice places to go, you know, a nice coffee shop or there's, there's cool operations everywhere. Great people to meet, great people, but great places to eat. There's, there's just, there's great things across this whole country. And that's what, it doesn't bum me out, but I think people are so quick to run off to like London and then they don't, they don't shut up about how good London is. Oh, London, this London. Oh, I've been to London. Get it. We get it. You've been, you've been to London, <laughs> but maybe also Check out what we have in the United States because it is incredible, incredible, the stuff we have in this country. Yeah. And just the the diversity of terrain and people and places and things is it's just it's just cool. So I think people are too quick to forget what's right in their backyard and go to these exotic places when it's we've got a good thing going here. 
So you're saying America's pretty cool? It's so sick. Some good stuff here? Yeah. Okay. Take your word for it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Aaron and I go into Salt Lake City tomorrow. Yeah. Matt Briscoe. For a day. For It's kind of far for one night, but we'll do it. We'll do it for the podcast. We'll do it for the mission. Make mm-hmm. the dirt road a better place. Yeah. That's two podcasts and a vlog. So it's not like we're it's true. going out there for nothing. Yeah. We're not just to hang out. Get some views. You know, it'd be fine. Um, well, thanks, Chell, for reaching out. Um, there's a second question in here. I'm going to save it for the next one. I don't want to give Chell too much credit. Okay. Um, thanks y'all to who sent in questions. Um, keep them coming. I do appreciate this because Aaron doesn't uh, chew me out afterwards and threaten to get my car booted in the parking lot. Yeah, because I, I get I, I get stern on the podcast, but you guys have no idea the conversation, Alex, and I have <laughs> when the microphones are turned off. <laughs> right when I hit record. And how Do many, you think that was good? How many emails have been written to Nikki? in the past two weeks by Alex sure. saying, this is not, this is not cool. <laughs> I know his last name's in the company. Um, I know he can't talk I, to me this I, way. I know his dad started this thing, but <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing that up every time I have a, every time I have a, a concern be like, I know Aaron's dad started this. So do I need to go through him first or. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for the questions. Uh, for all you new people, there's, there's, there's nothing off the table. And I, I know a lot of people say that, I hope if you've listened to a few episodes, you'll understand that we run, we run a pretty transparent ship around here. Yeah. Um, so if if you have any kind of question whatsoever, if you want it to be anonymous, send it to Alex, alexabilla.com. Mm-hmm. We'll throw it on the podcast. And uh, while I have everybody, just really appreciate all of the hard work everybody's putting in. I've been saying that a lot, but there's a lot of hard work getting put in. A lot of in, hard work happening. And I feel like I just can't say it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so regardless of who you are, what you're doing, where you're at currently, it's extremely valuable to the to the mission of making the dirt world a better place to everything we're doing. So we really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Internal Podcast. Stay dirty. Bye.